We at the Cape York Partnership acknowledge that this podcast is produced on the traditional lands of First Nations people, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present, and emerging. We should keep our country... Uh, well, let's say the Indigenous box has been ticked and we've solved the problem. That we cannot give Indigenous and, uh, Australians up without giving them much of our ideas. To actually recognise you know what? It's time to listen. Johnston for Davey. He's exciting. He's exciting. Oh boy! Copeland with the flight. Robertson hasn't been able to have a mark on this. Davey, surely not. Surely not. He has done it again, but they just get better and better. Davey read it well and now gets a second chance. Left foot hooks it back. They tell me. Extraordinary. It is Davey. Welcome to Time to Listen, a podcast that gives a space and a platform to First Nations voices and people working in Indigenous affairs. You are with your host, Isaac McCarthy, and this week we are having a chat with AFL great Aaron Davey. Aaron is an Indigenous Australian man with both Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander heritage. He played 178 games for the Melbourne Demons AFL club, kicking more than 170 goals and winning the club's best and fairest award, the Keith Bluey Truscott Medal, in 2009. Aaron is now a teacher and head coach of AFL within the Academies of Excellence program at Jarrigan College. He is a mentor for Indigenous boys and girls and someone who truly celebrates the diversity of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture present at Jarrigan College. Aaron begins our conversation by talking about his background as a shy kid from Darwin who idolised his dad and adored his mother. Aaron explains how the premature loss of his father motivated him to achieve his sporting dreams and how the guidance and support of his mother ultimately made that possible. He explains how he matured as a footy player and defied the meagre expectations placed upon him as a young Indigenous man. He then explains why he made the transition to coaching Aaron outlines the new role that he has taken on at Jarrigan College and articulates why he relishes the opportunity to be a mentor for the students at the college. We then hear briefly from one of Aaron's students who talks about her experience in being a part of the Sports Coaching Vet course, one of the many vocational courses offered by Jarrigan College. We then conclude the conversation by getting Aaron's perspective on best practice in encouraging Indigenous students to positively engage with their education. I thank Aaron for his time and you, the audience, for taking the time to listen. So I'm lucky enough to be here with Aaron Davey, the head coach of the AFL Academy of Excellence program uh, here at Jarrigan College. And uh, thank you uh, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Aaron, good to see you. Yeah, no, it's awesome to be here. So appreciate it. Thank you. 
So Aaron, can you give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, uh, your professional background as a player and a, and a coach and also what the, and the position you hold here at Jarrigan College? Yeah, well, um, I'm originally from Darwin, so I'm up here in uh, far north Queensland, but uh, originally from Darwin, father's from South Australia um, and mum's in Darwin, so um, mum over the, the Gugatha mob down in South Australia, sort of just done underneath the APY lands. Um, but my grandfather was also a Torres Strait man, so I guess probably for me, I get the best of both worlds, a bit of desert and, and salt water. But um, yeah, from Darwin, but uh, yeah, was fortunate enough to, to make it to the AFL, the elite level, and um, spend 10 awesome years, well, most of them were, we were finished on the bottom a bit, Melbourne Demons, but um, you know, like, uh, yeah, being fortunate enough to do that, and, and hopefully um, part of my role is with some of these young kids coming through, uh, and sort of let them know that anything's possible if, you, if you're willing to give it a go. And I've sort of shared my journey with a few of the students around here. And, um, yeah, like I said, went on a big journey and was fortunate enough to make it, but uh, extremely hard work. But um, overall, sit back and reflect on my career and um, what it's done for me. And the footy club itself, Melbourne Football Club's the ones that's actually shaped me out as a person I am. Um, I was one of those shy kids uh, that... I can relate to a lot of these kids here at the moment and um, it's amazing bit of guidance and you know you always appreciate those things and grew the passion of always uh, wanting to give back to community and more importantly the younger generation and it's probably why I find myself here and uh, was given an opportunity or applied for an opportunity here and uh, loving every minute of it being six months and built some really good relationships with the students and um, not only as students, but more importantly, uh, helping them, you know, become really good people, which uh, they've been doing. Yeah, awesome, mate. And so when you were a kid, how did you, how was that pathway created for you or by you to get into the AFL? How did you go from being a student to playing at the top level? Yeah, well, I think probably footy making it to the AFL has its pros and cons. I think one of those was uh, my education was sort of, you know, put on the back burner for me because I was so adamant and wanted to chase my dreams. So I sort of was doing a bit of school down um, south, down south, and then six months on, six months off, going back down and and playing down footy in in Port Adelaide in the SNFL. So I was playing footy 12, 12 months all year round. So, um, but as I said, AFL was fortunate enough. Like uh, they helped develop me as a person, public speaking and. You know, I was uh, the vice captain there at, at uh, the back end of my career. But, um, yeah, it was just a, a kid that idolised, like all of us, idolised their dads and uncles. And um, my my dad was my big idol. And I have a lot of people ask me questions as well as to, to what was that thing that sort of made me work extremely harder to, to get to that next level. And, um, and and I'm not afraid to share it. My, I was really unfortunate. Uh, my dad died when I was nine years old. And... Um, although now I sit back as as a grown man and a father, I still cherish the nine years I had with him. But uh, I mean, they're still really good, you know, fresh fresh memories. But I think um, that was the sort of the thing that sort of pushed me to to work even harder because uh, I was one of five, and and my mum, who's uh, been the rock of our family, was only thirty one years of age, or, and uh, throwing a massive responsibility to grow five kids. My sister was um, thirteen, second oldest was. 10, I was 9 and my brothers are 8 so to think the amazing job that she's done to, to make sure that we gave everything our best chance and, and chase our dreams and kept us out of trouble, very hard old lady uh, but um, like I said she had nothing more of uh, wanting to make sure that her, her kids were given the best opportunity to chase their dreams which mine was footy and 
Um, and I think the positive from that, myself and my brother Alan, who played at Essendon, uh, we were able to achieve that, and that, that wouldn't have been possible without her guidance and support and, and um, some of her tough old antics for us teenage boys growing up. And, yeah, so just went out there and played, um, you know, 10 years and uh, represent my mum and my family all proud and, and uh, you know, more importantly, my, my beautiful kids. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, behind a lot of... Uh, successful uh, people, uh, Indigenous people, whether it's in sports or arts or academia, you know, politics is, you know, is mums and aunties and grandmothers who have really brought them up and, and you know, dads as well. And, and so thank you very much for sharing, you know, that aspect of your story. No, I appreciate it. <clears throat> like I said, I, I enjoy sharing it. And working with these kids, I, you know, I, I'm pretty if I can help these kids and, and relate to them and then some of them probably do relate to my journey as well uh, mate uh, I walk away a happy person because um, it'd be although that's some personal stuff I think the position I was in it's it's enabled me to to be able to to find a positive from it and and be willing to share it with everyone so yeah no no it's awesome and uh like i said appreciate sharing it on here as well appreciate playing at the highest possible level with footy you know 10 years at the melbourne melbourne footy club but but you know coaching is a whole nother world to you know playing you're right and uh, you hold positions coaching north queensland you coach uh cairns uh, city lions you know you're the coach down here how were you able to make that leap from a playing career to a coaching career that's actually a really good question because as I said, when I first started at Melbourne Football Club, mate, I couldn't string two words together. Uh, you put me in this position I am now, mate, I tell you right now, I wouldn't have rocked up. Um, and I'd done my best work in the change room playing pranks on all my teammates. And, um, you know, I yeah, look back at, at my development, um, not only as a footballer, a coach, and, and, but more importantly, a person. Uh, Neil Danaher was, was massive for me, and uh, he's... Um, Mate, he's one of the most inspirational, if not the insp most inspirational person I've ever met. And he's fighting a massive battle at the moment with motor neuron disease. And he was the one that gave me my opportunity and, and took the gamble on, you know, a young Indigenous boy that possibly everyone thought I was going to get homesick. And I go back home or I'd have, I'm still waiting to find out where Walkabout is because that, that was the sort of, the, the brush sort of got uh, painted with. But he was unbelievable and I, I learned a lot from him and then... Um, but as I sort of got our next coach come in, he's passed away as well. Um, Dean Bailey was also, then he gave me a different dimension and made me start looking at the game a bit more. So um, so I was sort of looking a bit more beyond what was actually happening when I was in the moment with the footy. So, And then I just started getting into, yeah, I think just getting the passion. And, and as I sort of got to the back end of my career and um, working with young kids and, and mate, I just love you know, relationship, building relationships, and I'm a people's person, so uh, you ask anyone, I'm, you know, always up having a chat. I'm one of those blokes that, you know, I pride myself on that, and yeah, and then I sort of started playing, and I, and I started thinking to myself, and a lot of people said, mate, you'd be a good coach. Um, so I started venturing down that path, and um, it's amazing when people give you a bit of positive reassurance and then guidance as well. They plant that seed, and um, you start believing it, and um, so I was working in the AFL programs, coaching all those young, talented uh, superstars that are running around now, and um, yeah, it sort of flowed into a playing coach down in uh, Doveton, down in Victoria, and yeah, I guess it went from there. And I actually moved up here because uh, my kids had moved up with their mum uh, three years ago, so it was really tough trying to balance flying up 
and uh, mate, uh, yeah, I've been able to do everything in my football career. And even though I had a good job down there working in AFL Victoria, it was uh, it was the right decision to put myself aside for once because it was all about me playing AFL. And my kids would come see me with the moods coming home, absolutely exhausted, and we didn't win too many games in the back half of my career. But um, mate, I needed to be closer to my kids and, and made the move up here. And then I think. Um, yeah, there was a club, Cairns City Lions, that was uh, virtually on the on the brink of folding. And um, mate, uh, people have asked me, what was it that made me go there? I've had a couple of good mates and family that have gone through that footy club. And um, mate, I was sitting there and I caught up with uh, the president at the time, Robbie Taranto, and because no one no one was going to put their hand up. Because I think uh, I think in in life a lot of people. You know the fear of failure as well and trying to do that but uh, I never looked at it in that way I actually looked at it as as an opportunity of trying to give back and that's my biggest value is the power of giving and I thought well if I've got some credibility with my uh you know my AFL background and profile um I'm happy to try and help a club that's uh you know virtue on its knees and mate I grew up with nothing and um I don't get nothing out of it other than just seeing the joy on what we've been able to achieve now three years time we um we find ourselves sitting on top of the ladder, a bit of touch wood. <laughs> um, we've got three teams. Uh, our culture's done a big 360 turn, and I could be biased. I think we, well, I reckon we have the best culture. Um, but the the whole mood around there is we're one club, one family. Um, you know, if it's about the kids, I've made it strong about the kids. You know, happy wife, happy life. Kids go and play out there, and. Mate, it's just, uh, yeah, it's really enjoyable, but I will say, <laughs> these grey hairs on the side of my head, I've really aged in two years, so that's from stress from some of the players down there, but um, yeah, no, nah, it's been awesome, and, and the coaching is, is sort of similar to me, what I'm doing here and helping these kids, and mate, I have a passion for it, and um, and then, yeah, the weekend just gone, I was given the opportunity to coach our regional rep team, and that, that's the highest of my coaching so far, and we were fortunate enough to, to break the drought and get the cup back up here after four years of losing it. So, yeah, everything's going well, but it does come with its negatives. And as I said, that's all these grey hairs on the side of my head. You just mentioned then the, what you're trying to do for the kids here at Jarrigan College. So let's uh, move into your role. What exactly is your role here as the AFL coach and as part of the Academies of Excellence? And, you know, how are your lessons structured <laughs> and what are some of the skills that the kids are gaining from it? Yeah, so I... Um, was given the so it's a whole new sort of role um an afl uh head coach of excellence so i've uh, i applied for that and um i was reading the criteria and i'm thinking man this, i think i fit all these criteria here and, and whatnot and uh, i've got my uh, coaching accreditation and, and again it's just the ability to work with indigenous young men and women and to see them actually develop and grow, not only as students, but as people. Um, th- this is my dream job. So I'm living the dream at the moment and really enjoying it. And uh, part of that is just sort of when there's all these footy stuff that's going on. And, um, you know, it is a bit of a battle. So there's the NRL class. So it's obviously a rugby dominant state. So uh, I've been pretty fortunate enough. I've got uh, the school are amazing with the amount of communities and um, the, the NT boys, mate, so they're my little shadows, so they, they walk around and they give me joy as well as all the other students and um, yes, yeah, so we'll do some footy stuff and on the back of that they do play for Cape York Eagles which is fantastic um, what they do for, you know, 
all the people up in the Cape and the kids up here. And, um, and then we had a couple of the boys, my students, Joshy Tillmouth and Sheldon, that went into sort of playing the senior sort of stand of a football. So now there's sort of a bit of a pathway there for these boys to to come along and play down to Kansas City Lions and where I am. And yeah, and that, like I said, it's just it's rewarding for me. They've come down, they've really embraced it, enjoyed it. And I'll take them tonight. So they look forward to their Thursdays. And I think they also look forward to the, the free soft drink and, and feed before we read the teams yet. But um, yeah, so it's, it's all with that. But again, it's just been a sounding board for all the women and, and boys. We have a couple of talented women playing that I, uh, that I teach. Um, and I just want them to be sponges and if there's anything I can do to try and help them with their footy or anything in life, um, yeah, like I said, I, f- I feel like I've uh, achieved something. Uh, my name is Linda Solomon. I come from Bardo Island up in the Torres Strait and I'm currently a grade 11 student studying here at Jarrigan College. I'm completing Cert 2 in Hospitality, um, Cert 3 in fitness and coaching and set two in finishing. Yeah, I like playing AFL. Play for the um, under 18 youth girls for the Cape York Eagles. We're currently second on the ladder. Well, I really like coaching. Um, it's pretty hard to get in like, control of the kids and but it, it helps me like to get out of my comfort zone and be confident. I used to be like very shy, but my confidence has built up ever since I've started doing this program in coaching. But I really like seeing the kids having fun and I like to make my coaching fun as well for them like for them too like I come up with like good games to maybe like partner up with their friends and seeing them have fun and laughing with their friends is really nice it kind of like shows me that oh I'm doing a good job I think Linda's one of your talented uh, footy students she was just in here on, on the podcast can you comment on how she's developed as part of the program Linda is my a grade student she's uh, one of the most special young young women that I've met in my time here and the respect that she's shown me as a, as a teacher, tutor coming through from day one right in, up until now, uh, always the class, always just, it's got a big heart and mate, she's a really good footy player and just has copious amounts of leadership written all over her and, you know, she's year 11 um, but she's, you know, she's years ahead of how she actually, of her age. So um, I'll, I'll blessed to have her as my student she chose to come in my class and like I said she's worked AFL Cape York Eagles um, and sort of have opened up to her as well if she wants to look at trying to play senior footy to to get more exposure and and what's required um, I'm there to give her guidance so I think at the moment she's enjoying it so like I said she's I'm blessed to to be able to teach her and then you've got another student Shelton Gallagher-White who's from Yundamu, uh, those two from day one, uh, nothing but inspirational. And I say to all my students, uh, you guys actually give me joy. I drive to work every day and I appreciate the journey that you guys... So don't think that you're going to sit here and, you know, you're going to learn heaps off me because I'm learning as we go. And I said, and you guys have taken me on a journey. And I have a 40-minute drive to work, but I'm excited about what happens when I come to work and... Yeah, mate, Linda's unbelievable and really good player too. So she was the captain of our girls' team a few weeks ago and played exceptional. So, um, yeah, it is both boys and girls. And there's some talented female and males here. So hopefully, um, you know, it's, it's something. And I think the most important thing is education and the power of sport. 
coming together, having that good balance, and that's the one thing that I sort of drive here is you you got to make sure you have that even balance. So and the schools really big on that as well. If they don't do the education component, oh, well, there's no reward to go and play sport. But uh, but the power of sport, I tell everyone, mate, it's uh, that little red thing that we chase around for 120 minutes. I could be biased again, but uh, in my eyes, that's the most powerful thing in in Australia, and that's taken me on many, many journeys and relationships and friendships and places that I'd never even thought I'd go on living in Darwin as a little Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander kid. So, and that's what I express to these kids. Yeah, sport is—it's really like the great leveler, isn't it? Everyone who comes in, they're—you know—they're well, they're, hopefully they're all equal on the on the footy field. You know, they're all treated with respect, treat each other with respect, and everyone's just out there to to participate in something that they really enjoy. And enjoyment is that is the key component of education. From your perspective as an Indigenous man, what's the best practice for in, engaging Indigenous kids in this learning and and gaining that vocate that vocational certification to help them later on in their career? Yeah, I, th- I think the importance um, for me, I-, I can probably, like I said, I was, and I say to these kids, I was no different to any of you. Um, I'll guarantee you we'll have some similarities in my upbringing to whatever your upbringing is. Yeah, although I'm not from the communities where they are, um, we we all have similarities in how we sort. Of, and the big thing that sort of drives us is our culture and family. And I know a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, but." I love my family too, you know, non-Indigenous people. There's just something so special and unique that I can't even put a finger on. Um, and growing up in Darwin, I put myself in their shoes. I've played AFL, so they still look at this, you know, profile. But when I was their age, and I still remember Lee Colbert when I was a young kid at high school, come down and do a clinic. They're, they're things that you'll always remember for the rest of your life, and I always just think... Like I could relate to how they're feeling, but um, education-wise, here's it's it's unbelievable. We've got about 130 staff who we all share the same passion and 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 the ability of playing our role in reconciliation as well, um, and and bridging the gap between Indigenous non-Indigenous English for I reckon probably 80% of these kids is probably second or third language, so. To think that we get the opportunity to, to come and, and give them, and, and the thing I, I'm proud of them for, that they've left their comfort zone and their families. Um, they're resilient as well. They, they don't realise they are. Uh, they've left their families. Homesickness, different climate. Um, you know, you've got the, the desert boys. They've got no water around them. They've got an ocean. They've got beaches. Um, so it's... it's, it's yeah, it's just really unique and special what we're doing here at the school and how we bring and bring them all together. And but in hindsight, we got to make sure that we respect each other's customs and cultures. And like I said, I'm only talking for for myself as a kid growing up. And um, but I, they they do see the the importance. So like I said, Shelton and Linda, I have the ability to teach them every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and they can see the importance of. Right out, well, Shelton, you're year 12. Mate, reality is you've got 20 weeks, you're in the big world then. So if you think you're stressed out now and hard, I said, I can assure you guys, and I say to the other student, you've got to pay bills, you've got to work. So the importance of education, if you don't put it into place now, which him and Linda, no, no drama, no issue, but it's trying to get them to try and <laughs> relay the message down to the younger ones 
who, like I said, mate, I was a little rat bag at school as well, and I can see it now because I lived it. But uh, I mean, like I said, I was fortunate enough, but they do realise the importance, and I think it's just one of those things, you know, when you're a young kid, you've got your mates, and, you know, it's easy to get led astray and distracted. And um, But, yeah, education's the key to, to success, and whether that's sport and life in general. So, um, And we all play a massive role in that here. But like I said from the get-go, they take us on a journey, which is even more unique and special. So, And so in summary there, would you say that the the best way to really engage with these kids in their education is just like making the effort to understand where they come from, what their cultures are back home, you know, how different and diverse the cultures may be in the classroom and just making every effort to make that education relatable to their home experience? Well, and yeah, and... Right, uh, everything's built on relationships and, and respect and I think, uh, I know everyone here does do that and we do it well, but uh, if there's any advice I could give a, a teacher that's coming in that's probably got no real cultural knowledge of you know some of the uh, cultural groups here is you, you don't want to force something on, on kids. So it's, it's always, it, it might take one day, it might take two months till you build that relationship and trust. Um, but when you do, just nurture it, and um, yeah, like I said, some of the customs, like some of the, what the non-indigenous people might feel like eye contact, it don't work for. So the shoe doesn't, one shoe doesn't fit all here. And um, like I said, we, I'm fortunate enough, and I reckon my relationship sort of got fast tracked with my kids because one, I'm from NT, two, I played AFL, three, they love AFL, and four is I'm Indigenous, and, and the main one is I mentored their older brother, cousin Liam Jarrah. So, um, like I said, oh, I'm, I'm pretty blessed. So, But it is just building relationships because they will always remember it. And I know on the flip side, most of the teachers, they do have it. I can assure you when these young men and women are back in their communities and leaders with their families, and any of us ever went there, just drive through, I'll guarantee they'll always remember. Remember we was all at Jarrigan College. So they're just lifelong memories and, and things that you'll never forget. So, Aaron, I'm conscious of your time. You've got to get back to class. Uh, so I, I won't uh, put any more questions to you unless you had anything else you wanted to, to say about your experiences here at the school. Now, like I said, uh, I'm blessed. Um, I'm, I'm working my, my dream job. So uh, my biggest passion, like I said, is the power of giving. And if there's anything that I can do to, to help better or... Um, you know, give someone a bit of inspiration. One of these young boys, like Josh Tillmouth, AFL aspirations. Um, mate, I'm a happy man. So, like, to be given the opportunity to, to work that, and Jarrigan College for giving me the opportunity as well. And like I said, I'm truly blessed, and um, looking forward to to you know the journey ahead and. Uh, keep developing these amazing young men and women so awesome aaron davies the uh, head coach of afl at the academies of excellence here at jarrigan college and we thank him for his time on the podcast today Cheers, thank aaron. you bro. thank you thank you for taking the time to listen to keep up to date with future episodes please subscribe to the time to listen podcast through your favorite podcast app you can also follow the cape york partnership on facebook and linkedin where we post regular updates We also invite you to give the podcast a rating and review, which can be completed on the Apple, Stitcher or Podchaser apps. The Time to Listen podcast is brought to you by the Cape York Partnership.